بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله أما بعد. So if I can ask the brothers and sisters to settle down so we can start the practical session. So inshallah we now will start the second part which will be a practical demonstration of how to wash the body in accordance to the sunnah and then after you've washed it how to shroud the body. Now an announcement for the sisters there seems to be far too many sisters and the room is not big enough. So all I can suggest is that you cram yourself into the, the sisters prayer area for the next 30, 35, 40 minutes if you are able. Um, space is limited. There's very little we can do about that right now. The other alternative suggestion is those with children may wish to use some of the adjoining rooms. But I think the best solution right now due to the timing and the situation that I asked the sisters if they could squash themselves into the room so they can benefit from the broadcast of the practical demonstration. So what you will see now is the Sunnah way of washing the deceased and then shrouding them and then burying them. So during the process, my brothers and sisters, again, I ask you to picture yourself, because in reality, this is you. That the reality will come to this, that which you see in the next 30 minutes, is the reality. That we get preoccupied with things from this world that distract us many a time from this reality that you are about to see. Many of us are preoccupied with issues that in reality when you see what you see in the next 30 minutes will put it in its right place and put it into perspective. Problems you may have at work, picture the next 30 minutes. Problems you may have in your household, one day, it will conclude to what you will see in the next 30 minutes. Problems with raising our children and their education and their grades. The reality is, my brothers and sisters, one day either they or you will do that which you will see in the next 30 minutes. Knowledge is acquired for the sake of Allah. A knowledge that is acquired and acted upon is knowledge that truly benefits the heart. So that which you see should affect the heart and should cause a good effect in you as a person. And one thing to remember my brothers and sisters, when you see the shrouding, the shrouding has no brand. The shroud does not have any particular designer label. Plain white cloth. Likewise, this cloth has something missing. 
And that thing that is missing are pockets. That these sheets, they have no pockets. Those pockets that occupy us in fulfilling our desires that we spend so much of our time filling our pockets, that my brothers and sisters, these three pieces of cloth have no pockets. That which we accumulate, we will leave behind. And all that you will take with you are your righteous deeds. So fill your pockets, my brothers and sisters, with righteous deeds. So inshallah, we will start now with regards to the washing first and then the shrouding. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een. Ayyuh al-ikhwa wa l-akhwat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us, Kullu nafsin dha'iqatul mawt. Kullu nafsin dha'iqatul mawt. Every single soul, every single soul shall taste death. Every single one of us will taste this. Every single one of us. Messenger of Allah وسلم, He said, أَكْثِرُوا مِن ذِكْرِ حَادِمَ اللَّذَّاتِ Make frequent mention of حَادِمَ اللَّذَّاتِ of that pleasure destroyer. That thing that comes and destroys your pleasure that you're going through. That moment of pleasure that you're going through. Whatever you may be, death will come to you. Even if you are in towers, fortified towers, towers fortified, death is going to come to every single one of us. Every soul shall taste death. The musibah, ayyul ikhwa, that sad affair is if when death is mentioned to us and we remember death and when we see this, that if our hearts are not moved by this, ayyul ikhwa, if our hearts are not moved by this, then our hearts are dead. And our hearts are dead. And we should send condolences on our hearts. That the Muslim Whenever he hears about the death of someone or when he, whenever he's reminded of death and the fact that he will go into his grave and the angels will come and then be raised from that grave. That if when we hear about death and when we see this, that if we are not reminded of the reality of what is ahead for every single one of us and that doesn't make us get ourselves in check and prepare for that day then ayyul ikhwa our hearts are dead ashaddu sa'at as some of the salaf used to say ashaddu sa'at ibn adam thalath sa'at that the most difficult hours on the son of adam 
ثلاث ساعات three hours الساعة التي يعاين فيها ملك الموت that hour when he sees the ملك الموت that's one والساعة التي يقوم فيها من قبره that hour in which he will stand from his grave والساعة التي يقف فيها بين يدي الله فإما إلى الجنة وإما إلى النار that, and that hour when he will stand before Allah he will stand before Allah and either to paradise or either to the hellfire you're not going to have any other difficult time you're not going to witness any other difficult hour an hour that is more difficult than these three hours ayyul ikhwa that hour and when death comes as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions hatta idha jaa ahaduhum al-mawt qala rabbir ji'un when death comes to one of them till that point when death comes to one of them qala rabbir ji'un he will say oh Allah send me back that perhaps that I may work righteous deeds in that which I left behind, that which I didn't do. Nay, no. Indeed, it was only a kalima. It's only a kalima that he would say. And a person, when he says this, send me back, that's all it is. There's no action behind it. He will not get sent back. Nothing. إنها كلمة هو قائلها ومن ورائهم برزخ ومن ورائهم برزخ إلى يوم يبعثون and behind them is the برزخ behind them is the برزخ that برزخ that barrier between this life and the next life يعني in the grave when the angels will come as we mentioned last week when the angels will come and you will face منكر and Nakir, when they will ask you on that day as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he mentions walaw tara idhil mujrimoon nakisu ru'usihim when on that day you will see the mujrimoon you will see the criminals nakisu ru'usihim inda rabbihim and their heads will be lowered humble before their Lord. Rabbana Abasarna Wasamina. Oh our Lord. Abasarna, now we have seen it. Now we have seen. Yom al Now we have seen. Wasamina, now we hear. On that day, because now no excuse. The disbeliever used to reject in this life. The Muslim used to believe in the ghaib. He used to believe in all of this without even seeing it. Something that we can't see, but we believed in it. Then they will, they will say, فَرْجِعْنَا نَعْمَلْ صَالِحَا فَرْجِعْنَا Send us back, نَعْمَلْ صَالِحَا So that we may act and perform those good deeds. إِنَّا مُقِنُونَ Now we are certain. Now we are certain. Because now they've seen it. The Muslim, he believed in this life without seeing it. The kafir, the mujrim on that day, he will now see with his eyes and so he will say, 
Now I am certain. Now I am certain. We have seen, we have heard. Now we, we are living it. At that point now, raised everyone. There. Then they will say, send us back. Now we are certain. This point, ayyul ikhwa. This point, where now you will see an angel. Before you used to believe in them. Never saw an angel. Now you will see an angel. That ghayb that you used to believe in. The unseen that you used to believe in. Now you will see the angel of death. You will see the two angels, Munkar and Nakir, who will come to you. You will see all of this. Yawm al-Qiyamah. Wajaat sakratul mawti bilhaq. When the sakra of mawt will come. Bilhaq. When the stupor of death, that agony of death will come in truth. For indeed, even the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said on his deathbed, on his deathbed, he said, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, Inna lil maut, Inna lil maut sakarat. Indeed, death has agonies. Even the Messenger of Allah وسلم, the pains of death, this is, not, this, this is not a sign, as has been mentioned by the ulama, this is not a sign that the fact that the, the dead person, Muslim, may go through pain, doesn't mean that he's been punished. Hatta even the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, Inna lil sakarat, that death has agonies and pain. But rather, that is for him, ziyada in his hasanat, an increase in his good deeds, and takfir lisayyat, an expiation of his sins. When that stupor of death will come, وَجَاءَ مَعْهُ سَائِقٌ وَشَهِيدٌ When every soul will come with its sa'iq, an angel that will drag it forward to the mahshar, to the gathering where every single person from the beginning of time till the end of time will stand. And a shaheed and another angel as a witness. Another angel as a witness. And then the cover will be removed. The cover has been removed. Yani as though you have woken you have woken up. This life that you used to live was like a dream. Your basr now, your sight, kahadid. On that day now, your sight will be sharp. Sharp. Ayyul Ikhwa, if this doesn't remind you of the seriousness of that day, Ayyul Ikhwa, then we need to send condolences onto our hearts. We begin, ayyul ikhwa, bi'awnillah, with the aid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with how we wash the body. How we wash the body. The first thing we do, ayyul ikhwa, is when the, when the person is on his deathbed. If a person is on his deathbed, now this is different, ayyul ikhwa, from the person who dies, faja'ah, sudden, that sudden death. There's no doubt, ayyul ikhwa, for the one who reaches his deathbed and knows death is coming, 
knows, then he has been granted that opportunity to make tawbah, to repent, to say la ilaha illallah, to repent. However, not all of us, not all of us are going to face this opportunity. Death, and that's, that's the hikmah and the wisdom in death coming suddenly. Like what, death can come suddenly and it can come and a person knows he's going to die. He knows he's close to death. But the wisdom behind it coming suddenly is the fact that if the people knew that death is coming, then they would delay that tawbah and that repentance to the last minute. However, ayyul ikhwa, death can come suddenly. And so we should make sure that we are in constant, constant repentance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the one on the deathbed, before he dies, death is approaching. And from the first things that we should do, those around him, remind him to make tawbah. It's the first thing, remind him to make tawbah. Remind him to repent to Allah. This is your chance now. Hatta even the Messenger of Allah وسلم, with his am, his uncle, Abu Talib, on his deathbed, say La ilaha illallah. And so we remind the, de the, 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 the person who, who is on his deathbed to make tawbah. Likewise, mawtakum la ilaha illallah. As the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, prompt your dying ones to say la ilaha illallah get them to say la ilaha illallah and so what we do is we tell them we say call him by the best of names ya abu khalid ya imran call him with the best of names and say to him say la ilaha illallah so that's the first thing we should do after we tell him to make tawbah get him to say la ilaha illallah If he says la ilaha illallah and then speaks after that and says something else, some ordinary speech, then repeat it again. Meaning, you, you get him to say la ilaha illallah. Get him to say it three times, scholars say. Three times. However, if he, after saying that, he then goes on to speak, get him to say it again. Because his last, his last words should be la ilaha illallah. Man kana akhir kalami. La ilaha illallah dakhla jannah As it's coming in the hadith of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Whoever His last words are La ilaha illallah dakhla jannah Will enter paradise The one who His last words are La ilaha illallah Will enter jannah Likewise From the things that we should do And a common question And a question that was asked Is The reciting of Surah Yaseen Or Al-Fatiha reciting of Surah Yasin Al-Fatiha whether at the point of death or after death in the house, in the grave then none of this is legislated none of this is legislated this is from the innovations that take place that if death has come he is now dead what we should do now at this stage the, fir the first thing we do is we cover the aura. We cover the aura. The private area. 
for the male and the female. And the private area, the awrah for the male is what? Ayyul ikhwah. Hmm? From the navel to the knee. Likewise for the woman. Meaning, woman to woman. When, if there's a female washing another female, then it's the same. It's the same. Likewise, we close the eyes. The dead person, as we know, that from the signs of death, is that when death comes, his eyes begin to look up and, and, and stare. As it's come in the hadith, that when death comes, that the sight follows the ruh. It, it follows in the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that the sight follows the soul, looks at the soul, follows the soul. And so what we should do after death is we should close the eyes. Likewise, we should close the mouth. Likewise, we should close the mouth. After death, after we've done these things, we, we, we are to relax the joints. Relax the joints, the arms, likewise the legs. The reason behind this, the reason behind this is so that these body parts don't stiffen. And so it's easier for us to wash. And so that the body is easy for us to wash. As for some of the signs of a good death, just very briefly, some of the signs of a good death is that a person utters the shahada, sweating of the forehead, sweating on the forehead as has come in the hadith of Buraydi bin, bin Hasib, where he mentioned that he witnessed the death of his brother. And he saw that his brother, his forehead was sweating. And so he said, Allahu Akbar. I heard the Messenger of Allah وسلم, that the death of a mu'min is in the sweating of his forehead. So likewise, this is a, is a sign, a good sign. Dying on the night of Jum'ah or in the day of Jum'ah. On the battlefield in Jihad or one who dies on the way to Jihad. Death by plague. Death by stomach disease. Death by drowning or by a building caving in. Death of a woman due to childbirth. Death due to fire. These are some of the signs, the good signs. When it comes to the washing of the body, first and foremost is the ruling. Anyone know the ruling? When it comes to washing the body, what's the ruling? Is something recommended, something good? Something... The ruling, the ruling. Is it something... Recommended farad, is it sunnah? Is it mustahab? Is it anyone? Farad, farad kifaya, farad kifaya, it's obligatory. Kifaya meaning on a number of Muslims, on some of the Muslims, not all of them. If there are some from amongst the Muslims who carry out this obligation, then that obligation is lifted from everybody else. However, if none of them carry out the obligation, then the sin is on all of them. It's the meaning of Fard Kifaya. So the ruling Ayyul Ikhwa is that it is Fard, fard Kifaya. And the rights of the Muslim, the hikmah behind it, and the wisdom behind it, Ayyul Ikhwa, as Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he mentions, is that a Muslim, the right of a Muslim on another Muslim is that we send him to his Lord, we send our brother to Allah in the best of states, best of tahara. And so, that's for the kifaya. Who has more right to wash the body? The wasi. Meaning, 
the one who the dead person, the one who he ordered, if he, if he himself before his death in his will, or if he told someone that he wants so-and-so person to wash his body, then he is the first person to wash his body. That's the one who has most right. The one who the dead person specified and said, I want so-and-so to wash my body. And so if a man, for example, if he specifies that his wife washes him, then she is the one to wash him. Or if he, or if he orders that his brother washes him, then he should do so. As Abu Bakr Siddiq, he ordered his wife, Abu Bakr Siddiq, he ordered his wife to wash him. Anas ibn Malik, he ordered that Muhammad ibn Sirin, Muhammad ibn Sirin, that he washes his body. A very important point, is that it's only a male that can wash the male. It's only a male that can wash the male, except for in the situation of husband and wife. That's an exception. So a woman washes the body of a woman. Man washes the body of a man. However, under seven, under seven, then the opposite gender is able and allowed to wash the body. So for example, the father, he's, he's not allowed to wash his daughter if she's over seven. The father, he's not allowed to wash his daughter if she's over seven. Because it's mentioned that the one under seven, the hukum of his aura is that he, it's not an aura. Likewise, the mother, if her son is over seven, she's not allowed to wash him. However, if the child is under seven, then the father can wash the daughter, the mother can wash the son. The order, if the deceased did not leave behind someone, or he didn't specify someone, then the order is that it goes first and foremost to the father. It goes to the father. But the father, he has most right. And then the grandfather, then the great-grandfather goes up like that. If there's no father, no grandfather, then the son goes to the son. And then the grandson, and so on. And then the brother, then the brothers. And then the paternal uncles, the paternal uncles, your uncles from your father's side, then your cousins, cousin brothers. Likewise for the, for the female, for the female the same, but with females. Yeah, I need the mother first, and then the grandmother, and the daughter, granddaughter, sister, aunts, like this. It's permissible that even someone who is not related, a service that some Muslims offer, general person that he, that he is known to wash the bodies, it's permissible for a general person to wash if the family agree. Question, and this is specific or something very important for the, for the sisters to know. If a husband dies and leaves behind a pregnant wife and then she gives birth before the washing of the body. Is she allowed to wash the body? 
You understand the question? A woman who is pregnant, her husband passes away. Let's say that there was some delay in releasing the body. And then in that period, before washing the body, before the body is released and washed, she drops her load, meaning she gives birth. Can she wash the body? Huh? Why? That's not the answer. Good try. That's not the answer. There's uh, the anyone due to time, ayo Huh? La. What's firstly? What's what's the 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 idda for the woman? That period, that morning period, for the woman when her, her husband passes away. Huh? Four months, ten days. We we mentioned this before. However, for the pregnant woman who's in the morning period. If she doesn't give birth before the four months and ten days, then she completes four months and ten days. However, if she gives birth before, then the period is over, the morning period is over. She comes out of her that waiting period. So now she's come out of her waiting period. If she gives birth before the washing of the body, then she's not allowed to wash the body because now she's separated from the husband. Likewise, another question. If a man dies and there are no men, no men at all around to wash the body, or vice versa, woman dies, no women around, over seven, no women around to wash the body, what do we do? Huh? Husband's not present. Husband not present. No relatives present. What do we do? Sam? Some say to your mom, sah, sah. some say to your mom, however, many say that even with that, we don't wash the body. Hurma of, of the woman and, the, and, and touching the, someone who's not related to you, someone who's not permissible for you to touch, shows the, the sanctity and the seriousness of touching uh, a female, both alive and dead. Likewise, the aura. We always cover the aura. Never at any point do we look at the 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 aura, except for one case which we'll talk about. Right. And so when it comes to washing the body, we should rush, rush to get the janazah ready. Except for if, except for if, there's a reason to delay it. Sometimes for a legitimate reason to find out the cause of death. Find out the cause of death. That's permissible. To find out maybe the person was murdered. Sometimes it's allowed. Or even if it was a sudden death, that it may be the case that he's unconscious. We don't rush. Sometimes we need to verify that he's dead. Likewise, we should rush to place him off the ground, on a bed, on a table, so, so to prevent pests coming to the dead body. Then, Ayyulikwa, we begin. And the first, from the first things that we do is that we lift the head. We lift the head close to the sitting position. And we press in lightly, we press in lightly on the stomach so as to help that which is in the body that needs to come out to allow that to come out before we begin to wash. 
Then, ayyul akhwa, we take a cloth or a sponge. We take a cloth or a sponge. This is the case, ayyul akhwa, with, with, as you just saw, lifting the head and it's close to the sitting position. As for the pregnant woman, then we don't do this with the pregnant woman. We take a, a sponge or a cloth and what we do first, ayyul akhwa, is we begin with istinja. We begin with washing the private area. However, always under the towel. Not permissible to see, look, to look at the aura of a Muslim, alive and dead. That we make istinja for the, for the deceased. That we clean the private area. We clean the private area with a cloth, with a wet cloth or a sponge. Then, ayyulikwa, we, after we have done the istinja, then we take a new cloth. We take a new cloth and then we begin to wash the parts of the body that are specific to wudu. The parts of the body that are specific to wudu. So we begin with the hands, the right hand three times. In the left hand, the parts of the body specific to wudu. And as for the mouth and the nose, the madma that is in shak that we make in wudu, we make wudu, ayyul here, we don't pour water into the mouth or the nose. Rather, what, the, what we do is we take the cloth, wrap it around the fingers, and we wet the cloth, and we wipe over the mouth, the teeth. We wash the teeth, we put our hands, our fingers in, clean the teeth, and likewise the nostrils. But we don't enter water into the mouth or the, or the nostrils. Then, Ayyulikhwa, we wash his head. Then we wash his head. And then we wash the right side of the body, the right side. So we remember that we make the wudu. So after we've done the mother mother is in shock, but here, as we said, we just wipe over the mouth, clean the teeth and clean the nostrils and then carry on with the rest of the body, meaning the rest of the parts of wudu. So we clean the hands into the, to the elbows three times. And then the head once. Nah. And a cloth, water and cloth. And then the feet. So the right foot three times and then the left, left foot. Then we begin with the ghusl. Here now, we begin with the head. Begin with the head. And then we start with the right side of the body. So the top part of the body on the right, we wash the body on the right. Don't worry, we're going to have, we're going, we're going to have an opp opportunity for you to practice yourselves and we will give you the step-by-step -step notes and you can practice. Don't worry about writing it all down if you don't have it. And so we start with the right side of the body and then about the top and then we turn the body and start with the back, on the right. And then we move to the left side. We move to the left side, top, right. And then we turn him to his side and then the left side again at the back. Then we take 
Sidr. Sidr powder. We take this and we mix it with, this is the lot tree, powder from the lot tree. We take it and we mix it with water until it becomes foamy. Until it becomes foamy. And then we wash the body three times, the whole body three times. Wash the whole body three times. Picture this, ayo ikhwa. That one day this will be done to you. Kullu nafsin da'iqatul maut. It's coming. It's coming, ayo ikhwa. There's no escaping it. Every single one of us. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Maybe there will be those who you will be the first to wash them from your relatives and your close ones. You will, you will do this. When you're young, when you're young, maybe you don't see many people dying around you. But now you're getting to that age and you're going to get there when you will have to do this to someone or they will do it to you. Then, ayyul ikhwa, we take, we take, after three washes, we take, and with, after three washes, with the, la, with the last wash, or after the last wash, we take kafur. We take kafur. Kafur is the camphor tree. And it's something that we, we use, that has come in the sunnah. Why? Because it's something that is cold. Something that repels the pests in the grave. And so then we begin to spread this over and put this kafur on the deceased. You can use soap, ayyul ikhwa. If a person is not able to get hold of this, then you can use soap or, sh or shampoo and, and the likes. And so we'd wash the whole body three times. However, if it's required that we wash it a fourth time, there's some stubborn dirt that, need, that doesn't come off with three times, then we can go to the fourth wash. Five, six. However, what's important, ayyul ikhwa, is that we finish with an odd number. And so if you happen to wash the body four times, then make it an odd number. So what do we do? One more time to make it five times. One more time to make it five times. We had to, we had to cut the mustache, nails, the armpits, if that's required. As for the private area, then that is something there is a difference of opinion concerning. We're not going to go into detail concerning that. However, once this is done, then it's recommended to dry the body. Recommended to then dry the body. If you take a towel, dry the body. Dry the body and then the towel that is covering, or the cloth that is covering the aura, then we take a new cloth or a new towel and place that over the new towel and notice how this is being done, ayyul That the aura is never exposed. That we place it over the old towel and then remove the, 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 the old towel from underneath. So the aura is never exposed. If the deceased is a woman, long hair, then we have to plait the hair, braid the hair into three braids and then place the braids behind her. This is for the woman. 
As for if, after the washing, there is some blood that continues to come out, urine, excretion, then we are, we are allowed to use cotton, cotton, wool, the likes to block the blood or the leak. However, again, this is something that is, there is a difference of opinion concerning. However, wash the area, wash the area, repeat the wudu, repeat the wudu, but you don't need to repeat the ghusl. You don't need to repeat the ghusl. As for the muhrim, the muhrim, who is the muhrim? Who is the muhrim? The one who is in the state of ihram, either going for hajj or umrah. That this person, the muhrim, then we are to wash his body. But we're not allowed to use perfume. And he is shrouded, or is, what is, do we shroud the, 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 the muhrim? Do we shroud the muhrim? Do we shroud him? Hmm? We don't shroud him. We don't shroud him. We have to leave him in, the, in the, the, his ihram. Because he will be raised Yom Al-Qiyamah. He will be raised Yom Al-Qiyamah, making the talbiyah. So the same rulings apply. We don't apply perfume to him. We don't shroud him. Rather, we leave him in, in the ihram. Likewise, the, the shaheed on the battlefield. The shaheed on the battlefield, the one who dies in the way of Allah, then he is not to be washed. He is not to be washed. He is not to be shrouded. But is he prayed over? The shaheed. Hmm? What's the difference? Who said that? Hmm? He is not to be prayed over. Why? Because the shaheed, the intent behind Salatul Janazah, is what? Shafa'ah. That we intercede for this dead person. That we intercede and we make dua for him. The shaheed doesn't need shafa'ah. It suffices him that he died in the way of Allah. He doesn't need shafa'ah. It shows to us the, the reward, the great reward of the one who dies in the way of Allah, the shaheed. As for the shrouding, ayyul as for the shrouding, what's the ruling of the shrouding? We know the ruling of the washing. We said, what's the ruling of the washing? Fard kifaya, the ruling of the shrouding. Fard kifaya also, ayyul Fard kifaya. As for the shroud, then it's recommended that it, it is white. Three sheets. Three sheets for the male and the female. Some of the scholars say five sheets for the, for the female. Recommended for it to be white. However, if you were to use other than white, then that is permissible. Even if it's the case that a person or those around are not able to get the, the cloth, get hold of the cloth, then 
it's, it's permissible to, to use other than, the, than cloth, a garment, so long as the person is covered. As for the female, then she's to, un, along with the shroud, then she is to be covered, she is to be covered, her top, part, the top part of her body, a garment and a bottom garment, and then a khimar, and then the shrouding, and then the shrouding. It shows to us the, the seriousness of the, the aura of the woman. As for the paying for the shroud, who is responsible for paying for the shroud? The first, first and foremostly, the wealth or the, the money for the, for, the, for the cloth is to be taken from the wealth of the dead person. However, if, we ha if, if there are those from the relatives who say that we want to pay, then that is permissible, that is allowed. As you saw, if we start again with this, it's very important, that the three sheets, we take it back, oh, oh here you are. That we take the first sheet, lay it flat or hold it up as the brothers are doing. That you take the first sheet, that you take the first sheet and then you take the second sheet, place it over the, the, second, the, the first sheet, meaning bring them together. So if you were to do it on the ground, you lay the first one flat and then the second one over it. And then the third one. Then the third one. Then Ayyulikha will begin to roll, twist the cloth. Very important to show how then we place the deceased over this cloth. And remember to leave, depending on the size of the cloth and the size of the dead person, that we are to leave, not twist all the way, not roll all the way, but to leave some. Zen. My up, inshallah. So you can see now, that we have now the cloth rolled up. Part of it not rolled up all the way. You then place the cloth by the side on the right side there. Lift, and then you'll, you'll see now we place it on the side just right up to the body. Lift up the, 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 the dead person. Put it under as far as you can. And so this limits the movement of the deceased. Remembering to always cover the aura. And then place him, move or twist, 
uh, roll him over to his side, to his right side, and then roll the cloth from under. So at this point, we have to take some cloths, cotton, or some cloth, and place it under the private area, under the, the buttocks of the, 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 the deceased. And this is to, uh, if there is any excretion, we place, it, we place it under. It's not something to laugh about. There's no shyness in our religion. It's something very serious. Something very serious. We place it under. But if there's any leak, urine, or the likes, then that is, the shroud is protected as much as we are able to, to, to protect the, sh the shroud and the cloth. Then, we have to take perfume. We have to take perfume and then place it on the deceased, but we, with the seven parts of the body that touch the ground when a person makes sujood. And so, those seven parts are what? Forehead and the nose, the the palms, and the knees, and the toes. Naam, and then, and you can likewise his beard. Then we begin with the shrouding. You can also likewise pour over. The, the deceased. Then we begin with covering the deceased with with the shirt, with the cloth. So how how we begin is on the right side of the deceased, the right side of the dead person, the right side of the dead person. Then you are to take it from the right side of the dead person and then. Roll it over and move it over, over the dead person. To his left side, roll it over. And then take only the first sheet, take the left side. Only the first sheet. From the left side, and then roll it over. Very important, at this point, and only at this point, then we remove the towel that was covering the aura. And so, the aura is never exposed. The aura is never exposed. At this point only, that's when we remove the cloth that is covering the aura. Then, the same with the second sheet. The same with the, sec with the second sheet. This is the reality, ayyul ikhwa. Every single one of us be placed in this cloth. This is the reality. Then the same with the third. Take the right side, place it over the body. And then the left side. Then at this point, we have to take pieces of cloth and tie knots so as to keep the, sh the, the, the shroud in place. But tied in a way that makes it e that is it is easy for us to 
untie these knots. Because when the body is lowered into the grave, then these knots are untied. But this is so to, so as to keep the shroud in place whilst the body is moved to the, to the area of the janaza, slot of janaza, and then to the grave. And there is no specific number with regards to the knots, but that which is required. That which is required. And from this point, Ayyulikwa, we go to the Salatul Janaza. Then we move to Salatul Janaza. Salatul Janaza, what's the ruling on that, Ayyulikwa? Fard Kifaya, likewise. Obligatory upon some of the Muslims. How many takbirat? Four. What do we say after the first? Surah Al-Fatiha. Surah Al-Fatiha. Is there dua al-istiftah? The origin of, of Salat al-Janazah, ayyul ikhwa, is that it's built upon uh, it being light. That's why there's no ruku' and no sujood. It should be light, that we are rushing to get the body into the grave. Asri'u bil janazah. The Prophet told us to rush with the janazah. And so it's built upon lightness. No dua al-istiftah. After the second takbir. Hmm? Naam. We send the salat and salam upon the Messenger of Allah وسلم, like you do in the tajahud. The next takbir, what do we say after that? It's after the third takbir. Make the dua. What's the dua? Those which are established in the Sunnah. Allahumma fill mayin, Allahumma fill hayina wa mayitina wa shahidina wa ghaibina wa sagirina wa kabirina wa dakrina wa unthana. Allahumma man ahiyaytaha wa minna fa ahiyala al-Islam. Woman tawafaytaha wa minna fa tawafaha ala al-Iman. And that which has come in the Sunnah. Refer back to the Sunnah with regards to the, the adiyah and those du'as that you can make for the deceased. And then, after the fourth takbir, we make the taslim. Taslim wahid or taslim, you can make two. You can make one or two. That which is more established or that which the majority are upon, that which is well known and practiced amongst the people is one. And then we come to, or a question, the person who comes to the janazah, when he comes, just like when you pray, if you were to come, with the, every other prayer, when you come and you came late and you missed the first raka'ah. So, Salat al-Jana'ah is you come and you missed the first takbir. The Imam make the second, he made the second takbir. What do you do? Huh? You make the takbir, you join the prayer and you make the beginning of your, of, of your prayer. You make that which you have reached, make that the beginning of your prayer. Just like you do with the ordinary prayer. So you make the takbir and you start with Surah Al-Fatiha. When the Imam gives a taslim, then you continue. So if you miss the first takbir and you caught the second takbir, before the second takbir, uh, you, ca you caught the, after the second takbir, you caught that, then you recite Surah Al-Fatiha. When he gives taslim, then you have 
What do you have to, to make up? The dua. You have the dua to make up. And then you give taslim on your own. Then we move to the, to the burial. And with the burial, we, what's the ruling on that? What's the ruling on that? Fard kifaya again, all of them, fard kifaya, obligatory upon the Muslims, some of the Muslims. And so we carry the casket if it's, if it's, if it's possible. We carry the casket. Four men, one on each corner. And we take it to the graveyard. And then we take out the body. We take out the body. And we lower it into the grave. But how do we lower it? We lower it with the head first. The head into the grave. So if you imagine this bed as the grave, coming from this direction over there, then the body is to be brought in head first from the direction of where the feet will be placed eventually. And so he comes in head first from this direction. And it is the sunnah that the one lowering the body into the grave that he says, Bismillah wa ala millat Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Bismillah wa ala millat Rasulillah. And then we are to remove the knots. But if it's possible, ayyul ikhwa, that which is preferred is that within the grave itself, within the grave itself, that if you imagine the grave and within the grave to the right to the right side of the grave like another grave within the grave like a, a hole going along the side of the grave on the right that we place the, the, the deceased the dead person on his right facing the qibla his whole body facing the qibla facing the qibla al kaaba that the Qibla is, or the Kaaba is your Qibla, alive and dead. This coming the hadith of the Messenger of Allah وسلم. And then, after placing the, the, the dead person in the grave, then we are to take three handfuls of mud and place that, place that into the grave. Three handfuls. There should be no gravestones, as we mentioned, no gravestones, no tombstones. And the mud is to be raised the level of the ground, that which is the amount of hand span, hand span. And likewise, you have to, we have to move, remove the knots, as we mentioned earlier. We remove the knots. We remove the knots. And then at this point, then we make the dua. When you make dua as the Messenger of Allah, he said, Seek forgiveness for your brother. And ask for him, tathbeet. For indeed, now he's being asked. And this is the reality, this is the reality. This journey that you've just seen, before your eyes, you will be placed there and others will see you go through this. Every single one of us. We will go through this. The washing, the shrouding, the janazah over you, the salatul janazah over you. 
and then they will they will bury you. Your family will come, bury you at the grave. Your money, your your three things come come with you to your grave. Your family and your wealth. And your actions. Two go back. One remains. Your family will go back. They'll place you in the grave, make the dua, then they'll go back. That dua, as we mentioned, Ayyulikwa, dua is in everyone individually, without raising the hands. Not that dua in the jama'ah as a group. And then they will go back. They will go back. They will forget about you. They will distribute your wealth. You will be here. You will still be there in the grave. Still. Right now we move. Right now we move around. We have life in us. But that point will come. That point will come when we'll all be like this. We'll break now. And then we will allow those who want to practice, who want to practice this. We have another table set up here. Likewise, on, for the sisters, there are two tables set up with everything they need, the cloth, everything they need. We recommend that you practice ayyul ikhwa. That this is something that, inshallah ta'ala, you are rewarded for. That you have learned something that not many people will, will learn this. You have learned it according to the sunnah that you practice this. So after salah, we will allow the brothers and sisters to practice for themselves. Now, there's a difference of opinion on that. A difference of opinion. Sheikh Ibn Taymiyyah and Sheikh Ibn Baz, they say, yes, you raise your hand, Sheikh Salah al-Fawzan, the legend of Daima. Sheikh Al-Bani, rahimahullah, he says no. He says no. Likewise, don't worry if you don't, if you don't remember everything. We've got handouts with the step-by-step -step procedure of what to do. And so that we'll give them out. And then you're, you should be able to practice and refer back to the, to the guide. When we conclude, our brothers and sisters, it's a very important point. So if I could have your attention. Now that you have seen the reality, just like the masjid is packed this evening, in reality that which you have seen today should impact your hearts. And the remaining lessons in this series, the three questions that you will be asked in the grave, every single one of you should now have a desire in the heart to learn the answer to those three questions. Who is your Lord? Who is your messenger and what is your religion? And that will be covered in the remaining eight lectures every Saturday from next Saturday. So if you are tr truly people of reflection and people who respect knowledge, then every single one of those six lectures that are to come, because it is all well and good learning about the Janais and the wrapping, but in reality, what is important is what happens after this. When you will be asked, who is your Lord? Who is your messenger? What is your religion? So those remaining eight lectures in the next coming Saturdays, 
I encourage every single one of you, just like you have turned out today, that you give those lessons more important to the lesson that you have given, the importance you have given to today. For indeed, in those eight lessons, you will learn how to answer the angel. In reality, that which you have learned today when you pass away, this knowledge here of being shrouded, only benefits the people that are shrouding you. But what will benefit you is the answer to those three questions. So every Saturday from next week, pen it into your diaries, put it into your mobile phones. Do not miss it for indeed, that which you will learn in those lectures will help you to answer those angels. angels. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he gathers me and he gathers you just like he has gathered us tonight in this masjid, that he gathers us in Jannah al-Firdaus and that he grants us a firm ending and that he gives us the ability to answer those three questions in our grave. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَى نَبِيِّنَا مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَسَلَّمُ